0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Hey, everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast, and I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle,
2: Welcome, everybody, to Fantasy Football Today, DFS. My name is C Najad. I am paired with Mike McClure for our Week 12 Game-by-Game Preview. We're coming at you at noon on Friday, which is unusual, right? It's because we had Thanksgiving yesterday, obviously. Mike and I will be back every Thursday for the duration of the football season through the playoffs at 5 o'clock on Thursdays. But today's a new time, 12 o'clock, and I hope you're here with us. If you're already in the chat, that's great. Hit the like button. For those of you that have not already reviewed this podcast, please go to Apple Pods. And uh, hit five stars if you can. Mike, how are you doing today?
3: Doing well. Uh, Fired up for the U.S. World Cup game uh, coming up in a little bit. I know a lot of people will be watching that. Uh, Yeah, had a good Thanksgiving slate. Um, I think the first one in a couple years. Usually it's a slate that I don't do well on. uh, But ended up being a decent slate.
2: Yeah, it's funny. On the solo pod, Mike, I was telling people, you know, this might be the week not to play as much cash as you ordinarily would. Because there's so many, like, different contrarian uh, unusual type builds. You just probably want to invest in tournaments. Ironically, though, I hit my cash games and, and I I failed in my mm-hmm. tournaments uh, for the most part. So it's funny how my advice actually, you know, it, it sort of went sideways a, a little bit, at least in terms of uh, tournament selection and cash game selection is concerned. But a decent day for me. I, I know it was a pretty good day uh, for you, Mike. But, you know, it's interesting You would think those of you that are listening right now, you would think, okay, well, we're diving into the week 12 slate and we probably only have like, I don't know, eight, nine games to deal with, you know, because you just assume those teams on a bye. Well, that's not the case. We have 11 games to go through. It's a it's a completely full slate. No London game, no bye weeks. They are going to resume bye weeks next week. But with all that said, I think we should just go ahead and get into this, Mike, and fly through these 11 games. We're going to do our top three at each position, which. Of course, Mike, everybody waits uh, for your insight on that. And then we're going to do our cheat sheet plays as well. Uh, before I do that, though, I do want to mention, everybody, thank you for joining the Thanksgiving uh, game contest. I think we got to 200. Uh, and obviously, we had a winner there that we'll discuss on Tuesday during the solo pod. But we have our week 12 our contest. It's it's already live. And it's in the YouTube description right now. If you're watching us, if you're listening to us, it's in the Apple description as well. So go ahead and sign up for that. Again, 5 bucks, 200 people. And we'll talk about the winners lineup when uh, on Tuesday during the solo pod. Mike, if it's all right with you, are you ready to dive in? I'm ready. Big game okay. starting us off too. Huge yeah. Game. See, that's the thing. That's what I was gonna say. I, I'm really curious. I'm gonna hand this over to you. This game over to you for the most part because I'm so curious what you feel about this game. And of course, it's Houston plus 14 at the Miami Dolphins, 47 point total. You know, one of these usually when you get a 14 point total, you know you you kind of get shy a little, not you, but like, I, you know, I kind of get shy. I don't know if I'm, I'm getting the back and forth, but I think there's a couple things really that are intriguing about this game outside of, you know, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle who who are prolific. Jeff Wilson seems like a really good play this week. And then on the other side, you know, Houston benching Davis mills, going with Kyle Allen, who I actually think at this point, listen, I, I was kind of a Davis mills truther back in the day, but at this point watching this offense over the last four or five weeks, It's just really bad. And I actually do think Kyle Allen will be able to push the ball down the field a little bit more. And so it makes me a little bit more intrigued about guys like Brandon Cooks or Nico Collins, who I've been on quite a bit. I don't know about, you know, Damian Pierce as well, potentially. Uh, Who do you like in this game? Is this a game that is one of like maybe three or four games that you're focused upon?
3: You know, this one's super tough to call. Um, I thought I would be way more focused on it than I am. Uh, I'm not going to game stack it. I can tell you that right now. What I'm likely to do, Jeff Wilson is the key piece we need to talk about here. He's been great since joining Miami. This definitely sets up as a game that looks like a good spot for him. What's most interesting to me, though, uh, if you told me like – someone asked me which is one of the top five defenses in terms of fantasy points against quarterbacks. Houston would not be one of them, but they definitely are. They're third or fourth against the quarterback, depending on how you measure it. And I think a lot of it is just the high variance nature of their games. They have turnovers, you get short fields, you get good production from running backs at times. Uh, Not a good matchup for Tua. We'll see if Tua it, it, it is a good matchup, but it isn't, right? So it's super fascinating to see what everyone's going to do. I thought people were still going to be on Tyreek. Looking at some of the ownership projections, I don't think Tyreek's going to be as highly owned as he might deserve to be. Um, so I'm going to end up playing some Tyreek as well. What I'm not going to be doing is I'm not going to be playing a bunch of two-a-double stacks like I normally would. Um, that, that's kind of where my stance is going to be on it. They they are here coming off a buy. Uh, I think everyone's obviously well rested at this point, but it, it's a lot of Jeff Wilson in most lineups because of the price point. And then I'm going to be sprinkling Tyreek. And when I sprinkle Tyreek, it'll be in those lineups where I jam all three stud receivers. It'll be Tyreek, Devontae and DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, that'll be one strategy that I'll be using. But I, I don't think it's a week where I'm stacking you know, both sides of the game, things like that.
2: Are you looking at all to speculate on Kyle Allen, not not to play him, but to maybe speculate on the receivers? You got Brandon Cooks at 5,200, and he hasn't flashed in a, in a really long time, and he's really not getting the targets that we expect from Brandon Cooks. But could that change? And for the record, Nico Collins, even though he's been relatively inefficient, which I kind of blame on Davis Mills more than I blame on Nico Collins – He's still getting targets, as we see here on YouTube, 7, 10, 3, 6, 5. I mean, for a guy that's 4,100 in a, in a game where you're chasing points the entire way, doesn't Nico make a lot of sense, at least from a salary relief standpoint?
3: Yeah, it does from a salary relief standpoint. Um, I, I'm off Brandon Cooks. Look, I just I don't think he even wants to be playing football there right now uh, at this point. I, I don't think that I'm willing to spend 5,200 on that kind of a play where I can play Nico. Uh, I would mention Chris Moore also. If you want to go down to Nico, Chris Moore is someone who's maybe taken some reps w- with Allen already here. I, You could speculate there if you want to. Uh, as far as playing Kyle Allen, um, you know, th- there's going to be speculation on him. There's going to be speculation on Mike White this week. I view the situations pretty similar, to be honest, just because of the game scripts that we, we think that we're going to see from Houston. Um, yeah, I, I don't mind playing them. Uh, it's not what I'm gonna do, but it wouldn't shock me at all uh, if Kyle Allen was able to throw two touchdown passes. Some of it went to Chris Moore, some of it went to Nico Collins. Like,
2: it's not surprising at all uh, if that yeah. were to
3: happen. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, I'm I'm kind of the king of taking shots at these low end receivers, and sometimes it really burns me because it's just not something I have to do. But in this particular game, you know, I've seen Kyle. Like, it's interesting. Kyle Allen, I feel like's been in the league for a long time. He's only 26 years old. Honestly, and he played for Washington, so I tracked him there, too. I believe he was with uh, the Carolina Panthers prior to that with Ron Rivera and back when they had Cam Newton, if memory serves correctly. But, man, I thought this guy was, like, 32 years old. He's only 26. Still got a shot to prove himself. And, again, when he was with Washington, he was not afraid to throw it downfield. And, and I think we're going to see a little bit of the same against the Miami Dolphins secondary, you know, who's still kind of banged up, uh, and you can expose them. I think it's an interesting play, at least to play the receivers. Um, in the chat. I just want to say hi to some people. Big Sam Raceway, I've seen you in here before. Thanks for watching. Andrew Najar. first live show you guys smash. Thank you very much for that. We've got a redraft question, which, Adam, we may get to later. Uh, just It's an 11-game slate, so we're just going to take DFS questions for the most part and uh, move on to the next game. And then Matt Mersinger, off work today, finally able to listen in live. Thanks for all you guys do. Thank you for watching, and thank you for listening. Man. I appreciate it. Let's go on to the next game. Baltimore, minus 3.5 at Jacksonville. It's a 43 and a half point total. I mean, this to me doesn't feel like a great spot for a lot of people in this game, um, particularly Lamar and Trevor. I I don't know that I'm super interested there. Uh, Demarcus Robinson, I think is interesting because he's been getting a ton of work. Christian Kirk, I I think I'm going to play. I I know that the Ravens aren't super great against slot receivers. So I think Kirk is interesting. And of course, Travis Etienne getting all of the work, uh, all the rushing work. Those are the guys that I'm interested in here. Any of them making your player pool?
3: None so far. The one closest one is going to be Lamar, or I mean, uh, Mark Andrews, just simply because of the position that he plays. Mm -hmm. Um, It it really depends on the roster construction you're going to go with. The spot where I'd be using him is if you were going to take a shot on one of those Kyle Allen or uh, Mike White lineups. Otherwise, I I don't think I'm going to get there. Um, I I think the game can be fine. I think the Baltimore is significantly better than Jacksonville. I think Baltimore's defense is turning it on at the right time. Uh, I could see this game having a relatively low pace of play where Baltimore grinds out a victory. They're just simply the better team. Um, So while some of the guys are fine uh, in individual lineups, I don't think it's a game stack at all, really. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's mostly a pass for me uh, with, little asterisk next to Mark Andrews because he's essentially a wide receiver playing tight end. So that's where I would lean on it. Um, other than that, I really like, I, I thought we might be able to get the things in this. And, and of course you can always play Lamar if you want to. Um, doesn't project as something I'm going to play this week.
2: And let's, I, I want to take a look at DeMarcus Robinson's price at 4,300. I mean, again, if you're talking about value receivers and we're looking up his game log, thank you, uh, Frank, for pulling this up. You know, I I don't want to just invest. I I don't want to chase last week's performance, but he's been pretty good for a while now. He caught nine of nine last week, only caught one of four the week prior, but six of eight the week prior to that. He seems like, again, Rashad Bateman is out. There's a lot of injuries now. Mark Andrews is back and is probably going to get make an even bigger impact from a reception and target standpoint. But to Marcus Robinson at forty three hundred. Does that sort of is that interesting to you?
3: Um, it could be. Uh, the the spot that I'd really want to do it, though, when I'm playing someone like that, I really want it as a game stack in some way. Um, I, I think there are a number of value wide receivers that I'd rather take some chances on, um, but I, I'd have to consult the ownership here on it. I, I don't hate it. I, I really don't hate it. It's just not something that pops as near must play status, which is kind of what I like. When I'm playing a $4,300 receiver, it's typically because it's like really obvious value, Mm -hmm. Um,
2: and that's not what this is to me. Yeah, and for the record, as we see here, uh, Demarcus Robinson is questionable, so we are going to monitor his status uh, at Friday's practice. And it looks like some of the Friday practice news is coming out from Baltimore, as I see uh, Gus Edwards practiced on Friday. I do also want to mention... Daryl Henderson is not going to play this week. So I don't think anybody is really thinking Daryl Henderson is going to cut into Travis Etienne's playing time uh, in any significant way whatsoever. I think Daryl Henderson is firmly the backup, probably ahead of Jermichael Hasty, but firmly behind Travis Etienne. But just FYI, he's not playing this week. So it will be the Travis Etienne show uh, once again. Uh, let's move on to the next game. Let me just, oh, Allison is in here. Allison, first live show for me as well. James, Mike and Tim killed it in the Fox news interview with Caitlin. I don't wow. know what that means. Um, all right. So let's go to Tampa Bay at Cleveland, Tampa Bay's minus three and a half. Uh, it's a, it's at Cleveland. It's a 42 and a half point total. This one is interesting to me, Mike, because I thought the total was a little low. Um, tell me about what you're interested in, in this game, if anything.
3: Yeah, I wanted to be interested in it. Honestly, I re- I really did. Uh, I think you could play Chris Godwin at any time, especially at this price point, 6K. Like, I think Cleveland can push it enough. I think the thing that we need to look at um, is the weather in this game. I haven't mm. checked on on it since Tuesday um, when we did the mega preview over on Sportsline. At that point, it was forecasting for rain and 20 to 30 mile-per-hour winds. Uh, that can definitely impact the, the total that we're talking about. It impacts the kicking game pretty significantly. can impact some of those deeper balls that would be thrown to Mike Evans. Um, I'm pulling up the weather here. Yeah. Rain and wind. We have a hundred percent chance of rain on Sunday with 20 mile per hour sustained winds
2: up to 30 mile per hour gusts. Wow. Okay. So that's that explains the total. Then I I looked at a different site, which frankly isn't going to be as sophisticated as yours. I just kind of punched something up real quick. I see the same thing. I see the wind like a little more tempered than, than what you're seeing. Um, and with all that said, you know I would go with what Mike said, but again, it's Friday, right? So let's keep yeah. an eye on the weather because I do think there are guys in this game. Now, first of all, we don't know if Leonard Fournette is going to get a full complement of snaps. We know he has an injury that he's kind of nursing. I assume he's going to be sharing the backfield with Rashad White. If for some reason Leonard Fournette is out, I assume you love Rashad White in this spot. And I also assume that if the weather permits, is Chris Godwin a good play here at, what's his price, 6000 flat?
3: Yeah, I think that uh, what we want for Chris Goblin, honestly, we want some degree of weather. We, we want the deep ball to Mike Evans to be taken out of it a little bit, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. We want some, and honestly, maybe Fournette to be out. We want some of those short area passing g- that game to really be needed more from Tampa Bay here. Um, I think the weather obviously helps Cleveland. It helps them be more competitive in the game, which is what we want for Goblin. So he's definitely someone that's firmly on the radar uh fringe cash game playable right now uh fringe everything at at this point but he's the only tampa bay player that's currently uh projecting in my player pool at this point so
2: and i don't think i'm going to be on nick chubb this week against that that tampa rush defense Um, Amari cooper at 6400 i'm probably not getting there either uh dpj donovan peoples jones has been an interesting target over the last few weeks At 4,800, he's still a a great price, but I don't think I'm speculating there. But just I wanted to ask you about DPJ specifically.
3: Yeah, no, I think it's the time to jump off there. Look, I played him a couple times the last few weeks. uh, The Miami slate, I think I don't remember if that was a primetime slate or whatever, but I played him in in that slate where he just missed the 100 yard bonus. He's been fantastic, finally got in the end zone uh, there last week. But with the weather forecast that we're seeing, a lot of his real value. If you look at his longest reception, I'm glad Frank has this uh the game log up here on the screen. Multiple weeks, it's 37, 37, 38, 37. Like his value is hitting that one deep ball a game. And if mm-hmm. we're dealing with weather uh really at all, and against this Tampa Bay defense, it just doesn't scream great opportunity to me. Like if there are a week where he's gonna have six and a half fantasy points, this is probably it.
2: Yeah. So the game at Miami, I actually on the early edge, which, you know, we have our prop show, Mike, as you know, with prop stars, Dave Richard and coach. It's actually later today, everybody at four o'clock. So we're going to be on Um, that same crew is going to be on. But the week Donovan Peoples-Jones played Miami, I had a prop of um, DPJ over 43 and a half receiving yards. And what's funny when I was giving out the info, you know, in terms of, you know, just his target share and his yardage, I gave out just a very funny stat that, for three games in a row, his longest reception was 37 yards. And lo and behold, the first catch of the game for him is 38 yards. It was almost 37, but it was almost yep. four catches in a row or four games in a row where he had a, a long catch of uh, 37 yards. And so you're you're absolutely right about the deep targets. Now, he, he could get peppered with targets. I just don't think this is yeah. the game, especially with the weather uh, to consider uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. So let's move on to Chicago at the New York Jets. This is a game... I'm not super interested in. Uh, so Justin Field, we're, we're not 100% sure what his status is. I can tell you pretty definitively, I'm not playing him, whether he's playing or not, because I am a little bit concerned uh, with his left shoulder, especially going up against the New York Jets defense. David Montgomery at 6,400, we do know he's going to get the lion's share of the work. But what is that? How does that play out against the Jets? So, sort of that's my question there. I don't think I'm going to Darnell Mooney this week or even Cole Comet at 3,900, although I I think that value is okay, even if a backup quarterback is in. Now, you mentioned Mike White earlier in the show. Are you interested? I know you only do a handful of lineups, maybe five, sometimes a few more, but usually every week you do five lineups. Does the Mike White experience make it in one of those?
3: It might. Uh, I can say this. I will have one lineup that either has Kyle Allen, Mike White, or Trevor Simeon should he get the start. So that that's one of those lineups of the five that I will play will be reserved for that. Um, Look, I I think it was fantastic what he's been able to do at times. I think it's the right move to bench Zach Wilson personally. Um, I need to know more information as far as is Justin Fields playing or not that that definitely impacts my decision on Mike White uh, on the other side. So I like him. I think he's fine. Um, I'm going to try and pull up some, again, some projected ownership on it at the quarterback position. I don't think he's projecting for a ton of of ownership at this point. Yeah, no, Uh, I think Kyle Allen might even be more popular than Mike White. So I might, I might go for it. I might play Mike White based off the ownership that I see right now. I might play
2: him uh, in one and pair him with Denzel Mims. So, I want to ask you about Denzel Mims real quick and just ask you if there's anybody else on the radar there, because Corey Davis is going to be back for this game. It, it looks like we've got Elijah Moore, of course, Garrett Wilson, Um, and Denzel Mims, by the way, if you're not watching us on YouTube, only 3,100, but you keep bringing up these, these sort of low end quarterbacks and you've hit on those before, right? Even when Sam Ellinger came in that first week, you know, you, you almost had a ginormous takedown. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong. You were like one yard away from the difference of 10,000 versus a hundred thousand. Is that right?
3: Yeah, the one yard was a difference in in that one contest. Yeah, overall it was about a twenty two thousand dollar difference, and then mm. a full six tenths of a fantasy point was another another hundred k.
2: Unfortunately, <laughs> it, which is crazy, but it, it tells you something, right? Because Sam Ellinger didn't have an amazing game that week, but because you were able to roster him, and I believe it was four thousand that week, and you were able to do so many things with your lineup, that's why you did so well. So it's not necessarily about for everybody listening. That's kind of new. It's not necessarily about that 4k or 5k quarterback smashing. It's about them doing, you know, okay. And having the rest of your lineup absolutely smash because of what you're able to do in terms of fitting in pieces. But I got to ask you because you've brought up a lot of these sort of like lower grade quarterbacks or lower cost quarterbacks. Is Bryce Perkins in the conversation at all playing your chiefs, assuming he starts, of course, you know, Matt Stafford doesn't look like he's playing. I don't think John Wolford is playing, but that, that hasn't really been determined yet. Bryce Perkins can run a second or third year kid out of UVA, Uh, his arm, it it ain't great. And he's playing the Kansas city chiefs. It could be somewhat of a bloodbath, but then again, I mean, he can run, right?
3: He can run, uh, which helps a ton. Uh, I'm probably not going to play him, but the only reason for that is the Kansas city chiefs defense is 2,800, not going to play a quarterback against my defense most likely. Um, So probably not going to do it there. However, having said that for you out there listening, if you want to take a shot on a low quarterback, Perkins is definitely the one because no one's going to play him because everyone's going to play the Kansas city defense. Uh, chiefs defense will be the highest owned player on the slate by a considerable margin this week. Um, so, but, but quickly on the Mike white or Kyle Allen, like I'm very interested in playing it there. And the reason for that is I can play Tyree kill Devontae Adams, Deandre Hopkins, Kenneth Walker, all in the same lineup very, very easily with those guys. Um, you're pairing them with one of the cheap receivers, but you can get all these guys in there. The Kansas City Chiefs defense, like it, it's you can. B- I'm basically giving you what one of the tournament lineups is going to look like here. You mm-hmm. can still fill this out really easily from this point. So have it, say change this lineup to Mike White. I don't like to give this lineup out because I'm probably literally going to end up playing this still. Um, but it's going to be Mike White. We're going to pair him with Denzel Mims, but the Chiefs DN. There's another running back that's super popular this week, and then tight end. Like, there's all sorts of stuff that you can do. Actually, no, you won't be able to do it with Tyreek. Who is the other guy I had in this lineup?
1: Devontae? had somebody else in
3: this lineup. Um, it's well, it's Latavius Murray. We'll get to it. Anyway, you guys get the idea. I don't think it's the Tyreek Hill. I think Tyreek Hill is not in this, and it was another receiver. But
2: Okay. So, everybody consider... Mike White, consider Kyle Allen. I mean, between those two, I mean, I, I'm going to have to make a lineup with at least one of those guys as well. I'm kind of leaning Kyle Allen, uh, but I, I I do think it's somewhat of a toss-up. I think both are in play, and it looks like the weather in both of those games is acceptable enough to for a passing game to survive. Obviously, Kyle Allen's going to be playing in Miami, and we know down here there's the, the weather's usually pretty great. So uh, I want to make can, one comment on Kyle yeah. Allen before we move on. Mm-hmm.
3: It's 2019, so a little bit of a grain of salt. He had a stretch in 2019 to finish that season where he had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven games in a row with at least 250 passing yards.
2: Yeah. And that was with Washington, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's the thing. When I was talking about him earlier in the show, this is uh, not actually, a guy that might have been with Carolina. OK, maybe that was right before he got yeah. to Washington. Either way, this is not a guy that's afraid to throw it down the field. He's just not bashful. I mean, it is and against the Miami defense in a negative game script. Uh, I two touchdowns and 250 yards does not seem out of the question for Kyle Allen at all. Um, trying to trying to make a, a name for himself. Okay, let's move on. Oh, you mentioned Denzel Mims real quick. Why Denz, why why pick Denzel Mims out of just sort of the the four receivers that are, you know, going to be active in that game?
3: Uh, mostly price point. Um, Corey Davis being active definitely takes more out of contention a little bit for me. Uh, so Mm -hmm. I I like Denzel Mims. I think he's still going to have the starting role there. Um, he's just shown the ability to be involved already so far this season has likely still spent some time working with Mike White, uh, which is definitely something that I care about here. Um, and and no one else is going to play him
2: because everyone's going to be focused on Garrett Wilson. Yeah, that's totally fair. Um, Frank, can you put Andrew Hannon's comment up here? All right, uh, Mike. Thank you so much for your picks yesterday on Sportsline. They helped me take down six thousand um, dollars. Andrew, that's amazing. Uh, for those of you that are not already subscribers to Sportsline, uh, just go to Sportsline right now and subscribe. It's, I, I Mike, I, I say it every time it comes up. I can't believe how much content is on Sportsline. Like it it's just, it's just a never-ending. Uh, I don't want to say abyss because that has a negative connotation, but there's just so much. It's not just picks, although you can find picks real easily. That's the first thing you can find in in five seconds. But there's so much information, whether it's optimizers or DFS plays or you name it, just the the actual picks. Or Jacob Gibbs, who does a lot of DFS for Sportsline and really breaks down coverages and things like that, that that help us out for this show. Um, There is so much going on at Sportsline. So uh, congratulations, Andrew. Yes, uh, and I'll, I'll hit
3: him with one more promo just because it's Black Friday, right? It's one of the best shopping days of the year. You can buy an annual subscription to Sportsline right now for $20 for the entire year. Uh, no. There's a promo code Turkey right now over there. It's literally $19.99 for
2: an entire year. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know what to say to that. That's a, that's an absurd, absurd number. We didn't plan to say this, by the way. That Mike, that no. is like an absolutely absurd number. Um, I listen, it's not even about like betting and winning in DFS. Like if you just kind of want to get more information, more access to high level information, that 20 bucks is worth it right there. If you never make a bet in your life, that 20 bucks is worth it. It would be worth it at 200 too, in my opinion, but there's so much high level information on there. I, I I can't believe that. So promo code Turkey, right? Promo code Turkey still active right now. Absolutely love it. Do you know how long? Oh, it's just for Friday, right? I'm guessing, I don't know. I just pulled, I didn't, I
3: have no idea on the deal. I just went to the homepage to try and join uh, in another browser. And that offer is
2: still live right now. That's amazing. Okay. So we're going to move on to uh, Cincinnati at Tennessee. This is yet another one o'clock game. Uh, Cincinnati is favored by two and a half. It's a 43 and a half point total. Now, Mike, is Jamar Chase back in this game? Supposedly. uh,
3: Supposedly. He was limited in Thursday's practice. Uh, we will see if he's a full participant in practice today. That is something I would like to see before I, I really start jumping in and taking it seriously. Um, I guess he's going to play, though. That would be my guess.
2: So, and we don't think Joe Mixon is going to play because of his concussion. So it's going to be Samaj P. Ryan in the backfield. And let's see what his price is. Can we scroll down and see where Samaj P. Ryan is? Oh, there he is. I'm sorry, he's 5600. I'm not particularly interested in 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 Samaje Perine, and I do respect Tennessee. But if Jamar Chase and T Higgins are back, does does a Burrow stack make sense here? Uh, I think it could. Yeah, I, I definitely think it could. The issue I have is Tennessee
3: is just so good at like grinding out these football games, and I think they're going to try to limit possessions here pretty significantly. Uh, I don't project Cincinnati having a ton of success slowing down Derrick Henry, not to the point of just completely eliminating him. So I think it's good, but not great. I think it's a fine play. I don't think it's an obvious, we must build a Joe Burrow double stack lineup.
2: Yeah, fair enough. And if Jamar Chase is not playing, does a Burrow-Higgins stack just seem like super simple? Or, or do, you, do you forget about the stack, do you just play T. Higgins? Because, I mean, he's just been the focal point of this offense through the, through the passing game.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think I'm in there at that point. I think what i become most interested in, though, is probably a contrarian Tyler Boyd. Uh, 5900 he's like the same price as Godwin, Lockett, guys like that. No one really wants to go make that move. Uh, However, it is a pretty good matchup against Tennessee here. And and look, the ideal scenario is Jamar Chase is out there, but limited, drawing more attention. Um, uh, Tyler Boyd's someone I might play in a tournament this week. I have a number of lineups that could either put Chris Godwin in there, can put guys like Boyd in there. Uh, This projects to be a decent matchup for him individually.
2: And on the other side of the ball, before we move on to Denver at Carolina, which should go pretty fast, by the way, um, (laughs) Derek Henry, 8,300 and maybe like Traylon Burks 4200. Either of those guys interesting to you? Traylon Burks. I know he's getting a lot of buzz, like in redraft leagues and, and in those circles. He seems a little too speculative for me. But then again, at 4200, uh, you know he he has started the snap share since injury is starting to pick up the 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 route participation. All of those things. Uh, any any chance you'd you'd take a dive on Traylon Burks and is is Derrick Henry in the pool?
3: Uh, Henry's not in the pool as of right now. Um, I think there's just too much value there and some obvious wide receivers I want to play. Um, can't that having said that though, I'm never like, if you want to play Derrick Henry, play Derrick Henry, the guy's probably rushing for 90 plus yards and one touchdown minimum. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it goes with Derek Henry. So he's got an ultra safe floor. Um, as far as Traylon Burks, I don't hate it. I, I really don't mind it. I would rather play him than Demarcus Robinson, as crazy as that sounds, uh, for Baltimore. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think there are interesting pieces to make this game kind of shoot out a little bit. As much as I said, Tennessee wants to limit possessions. Um, yeah, I have been very encouraged by what I've seen having Tannehill back there is really everything. The thing that we have to pump the brakes on, I guess a little bit, he was just massively efficient in this game against green Bay. Uh, will that continue? Not something we've typically seen in this offense, but it's very possible.
2: Yeah, totally agree. I think this is a game I'm largely going to be off of, but I am intrigued by the potential for a shootout in this game and whether or not Jamar Chase plays playing like a Joe Burrow stack with T Higgins and that contrarian play with Boyd, I think is interesting. Um, I think that this is the type of game where if it does shoot out and if you're on the right side of this stack. Um, you are going to really be passing the field. So something to consider there. Uh, Denver, Carolina, listen, I don't think there's much to talk about here. So it's an 11-game slate. Uh, we, we don't have to spend time on every single game. But Sam Darnold's going to be the starting cornerback. Uh, you know, the, the running back situation, Latavius Murray, Murray's a flat 5K. It's at Carolina. I, I think Latavius might be an okay play. Outside of that, I'm not interested in anybody, are you?
3: Uh, yeah, I love Latavius Murray uh, in okay. this spot. I, I just I think the usage is gonna be there. I think he's still gonna catch passes. It's clearly his his backfield. So the issue is, is I'm projecting him to be one of the top five owned players on the slate. Um, I think everyone's gonna play him. If you've got a pivot that you like, feel free to deploy it. Um, and Samaju Pirine isn't the pivot, he's also gonna be very popular. So uh, you'd have to jump down a little bit in that price range or you know, just build a different roster construction, but as of right now, I'm personally going to eat the chalk on Latavius because I, I think he's going to have four catches 30 yards in the passing game, and then uh, I think he's going to get goal line work if they get there.
2: And is Latavius uh, a guy you would consider for those playing cash games? Is he somebody you would definitely have in your cash game lineup? Yes, as of right now, yes. And for the record, when we do, by the way, everybody listening, hit the like button. If you haven't already, we're going to do Mike's top three in just a little bit, but um, I'll try to clarify some of the uh, cash game options versus uh, tournament options. When we go over his top three and our cheat sheets, next game, Atlanta at Washington, this is a four point spread, which surprised me a little bit. It opened at four and a half. It's down to four. Washington is favored 40 and a half point total. There's maybe one guy I'm interested in here and it's in the water. Well, maybe two it's on the Washington side on the Atlanta side. I'm truly like, listen, I'm not going to try to figure out the the running backs here. I I think Cordero Patterson is the most talented guy, but he's just not getting the rushing attempts. Tyler Algier is getting a ton of work. I think you could make a speculative play on him or Drake London. We know Kyle Pitts is out likely for the season. I like Antonio Gibson at 5,400. I mean, I truly like Antonio Gibson. He's been far more efficient than Brian Robinson. And in this type of game, with this type of game script, Washington should be able to run all over the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, you can pass on them too, but as a favorite in a neutral or or um, a positive game script, I think Antonio Gibson gets chunk plays through the air with J.D. McKissick out for the year and through the ground. Uh, Terry McLaurin, I think, is interesting, but I don't think I'm going to go there. It's Antonio Gibson for me, and I'm out. How about you?
3: Yeah, I really like the Antonio Gibson call. I think it's going to be, one, a, an incredible pivot away from Latavius Murray and Samaji Piran, based on what I'm seeing. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I really like that call out a lot. I thought it was a situation where I might be stacking Heineke to McLaurin, just based off, purely off the matchup. I was a little discouraged, though, because of the pricing on, on quarterbacks. I don't think we're getting a ton of great value at 5300 on Taylor Heineke. There's a number of guys um, you know, in that range really that that are still decent quarterbacks that have a good shot at scoring two touchdowns. Um, so I don't mind it. I I, I think that it's okay. It's just kind of artificial value at this point. I don't think that it's like you're getting a massive discount on, on Heineke relative to some of the other quarterbacks. So it's an okay play. I think Atlanta can push them to the point where they end up scoring 28 points or more to win this game. Um, Having said it, I don't think I'm going to end up doing it with Heineke, but I do like Gibson quite a bit. He's in my player pool.
2: And just from an NFL DFS theory standpoint, I do want to ask you if you were to do a Taylor Heineke Terry McLaurin stack, Atlanta is one of those teams where we have, I know I have rarely forced a run back. Same situation here, right? I mean, is there a run back in play here? No, no run back exactly.
3: for me. Um, yeah, just. Hoping that the combination of whatever Atlanta throws on the field, whether it's offensively, defensively, special teams, don't care. Just get me 24 points. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. I think a lot of people are really trying to hyper correlate their lineups. And that's great. You should do that. But there are some games where you just don't have to force a run back. And we've been telling you that all year. And we see in our FFT DFS contest winners whether it be Frank or anybody else, because don't forget, Frank won this thing like a few weeks ago. Um, they, there's not always a run back there. And that's because the, the team that, that you're stacking against is garbage on offense or they're just they're, there's not a condensed or concentrated target share or running back share. And that's what we have in this with this Atlanta team. So um, we got four four o'clock games to go over. Before we do that, let's hear a word from our partners.
0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions
2: apply. And we are back. We've got four more games to talk about. So we're going to fly through them real quick. We've got Las Vegas at Seattle. I am so intrigued by this game, Mike. I think this is potential fireworks. Looking at the total here, it's 47 and a half. Last I checked and Vegas is a three and a half point dog at Seattle Man, I, I almost think this total's a little low. But then again, you know, maybe the running games take over here. I think stacks are in play on both sides of the ball. Seattle coming off a bye. Uh the Raiders coming off a very emotional overtime win against the Denver Broncos. I personally think the Raiders are in a tough spot to cover the spread here. That's just, that's just my sort of against the spread take here. And, and you know, I'm not necessarily giving out that pick, but I like Seattle. I like Geno Smith. I like both sides of the ball here. What do you like?
3: Yeah, I, uh, I love this game. It's by far my favorite game uh, of the week. Um, at least three of my five lineups will be dedicated to this game. Um, so I love it. And I'll start yeah. on the Raiders side. I like the Raiders here a little bit. I like the Raiders because they're going to have to try to keep up, right? They find themselves most of the time in competitive games. One thing we've seen Seattle do is also find themselves in competitive games that just keep scoring. Um, i like Devontae adams it's really hard not to like Devontae adams uh i'm trying to what does he have 44 targets in the last three games uh the lowest yardage total 126 in those three games that's the lowest yardage total um and he's got one of the best matchups of the of of the week uh in terms of wide receiver cornerback setup here um he's going to be forced to the targets like it may take 17 targets to get his 10 receptions that's fine Throw him 17 targets, give me the 10 receptions, give me the 100-yard bonus, give me the touchdown. That's what you're looking at with Devontae. It's ridiculous to say it, but that's almost his floor. His floor is almost 10-101 in this kind of a game. Um, So I love Devontae Adams. He's starting every single lineup for me. On the other side, I love Kenneth Walker, 6900. I think he's going to have a ton of usage. I think he's going to run all over this team. Uh, I love that they're fresh coming off the bye week. You know, he, he still managed to put 13 fantasy points on the board without scoring a touchdown against Tampa Bay. Like, yeah, it, that's a legit defense. That was a huge travel setup, by the way. Also, the game was in Germany. Um, I, I love the Seattle side there. I love the Raiders side. Tyler Lockett, one of my favorite contrarian plays of the week. I say contrarian because he's kind of middling in price point. No one's really wanting to play him over DK. Um, Yeah, I I just I love this game. I think there are so many ways you can go stack this one up.
2: So correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds to me like you like the Derek Carr side of the stack a little bit better than the Geno Smith side of the stack. And if so, who is the preferred run back? And is, is there a situation where you got multiple run backs and you got maybe five players in this game going? Yeah, multiple runbacks in
3: this game. Um, Look, I'm going to play in one of my cash games. I'm going to play like cash game-ish lineups. I don't know if I'm actually going to play a ton of cash games still. But Mm -hmm. my first lineup, my optimal lineup uh, based on my projections right now is a Derek Carr lineup, um, which might sound crazy. Geno Smith's right there as well. They're my top two quarterbacks, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. So I I like both sides of the game. Um, I'm going to have Kenneth Walker in the lineup. So there's a good chance you see a lineup that – is Derek Carr, to Devontae Adams with Kenneth Walker. That's one lineup. But you also might see the lineup that has Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Foster Moreau, Kenneth Walker, and Tyler Lockett,
2: where you have all five of them there. I love it. Uh, I love this game. I love the fireworks here. And, and I, think, I think there's fireworks in the next game we're going to talk about too, and that's the Chargers at the Arizona Cardinals. Chargers are three-point favorites. It's a 48-point total. Again, this game is at Arizona. It looks like Kyler is going to be back for this game. Uh, Marquise Brown, Greg Dorch, I think we have to monitor that. I don't know if we have definitive news on either of them. I don't think Rondale Moore is playing. So, again, this is a game where we have to monitor the injuries. Uh, I like the setup here, though. Um, I I think the Chargers are going to be able to move the ball. I think Eckler is going to have a really good game. Uh, We have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams likely not playing. Josh Palmer looks to have a defined role with one of those two receivers out. And then on the other side of the ball, I mean, you can't really, you, the way you were talking about Devontae Adams, I feel like you can almost say it the same way about DeAndre Hopkins. It, you know, it's similar, at least. And I think uh, the Arizona side of the ball, it's just it's just going to be D-hop all day. Is this a game, you know, you just to, you told me your favorite game. Is this maybe in your top three?
3: Definitely. Uh, definitely the second favorite game. Um, we need more information a little bit at this point. Greg Dortch would be the most automatic, easiest play of the entire week. If we knew he was playing, Um, Mm -hmm. he would be in every lineup at $3,100. It's an absolute free square. If he is playing considering Rondale is out. Um, The issue is, is the thumb appears to be holding them back. And I don't know that he's going to play in this one, which is kind of a, It's an unfortunate deal for all of us, but also unfortunate for him. It was a great opportunity uh, for him to go put some more stuff out there on tape at at this level. So, unfortunate Mm -hmm. if he's not able to go. Um, If he is able to go, though, I think he's going to be heavily involved. So, I I like him. Need more information at this point. Love DeAndre Hopkins again. Uh, I think he's going to be force-fed targets almost to the same degree as DeMonte Adams. Uh, He should have all the opportunity in the world as well to get it done. Uh, We've seen it really doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. They know DeAndre Hopkins is the number one weapon, um, which is encouraging. So I
2: like him. I'm going to play him again. So let me ask you on the other side of the ball, though. Justin Herbert, uh, if you were to stack him, would it be just with Austin Eckler? And in in sort of the theory there is, of course, Austin Eckler is a pass catcher pretty much more than he is a running back with the exception of last game. But you're just kind of gobbling up all the points for the Chargers when you get the running back and you get the quarterback and you get a pass catching running back at that. Is that where the stack would go? Or would you do it with, for example, Keenan Allen with a very reasonable $6,100 price tag?
3: Uh, probably Keenan Allen, honestly. Um, I'm a little turned off by the, uh, the Eckler situation. After watching him against the Chiefs, it was likely just a product of the way the game went and Herbert having more options, but he was not involved in the passing game uh, mm-hmm. at all. And... That is typically the source of the upside. I know that you can run a little bit on Kansas City, which we saw that 19 carries, 83 yards. Um, but man, if he doesn't get in the end zone on that, that running play, like it's, that box score is pretty ugly, honestly. So yeah, um, I'm a little shy. I'm wanting to deploy Eckler because of that last game. I know it's weird to use a one game sample, but it was the only game really that he's played where he had Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, uh, some of those guys out there. I think Everett should be back this week as well. Um, I, so I'm a little, little nervous at that price point um, on, on the passing game because he he needs he needs eight targets in the passing game to pay this salary off. Typically,
2: I totally agree. I, you know, what's interesting about Arizona is they're they're pretty good against the run, but they're not very good against. Uh, pass catching running backs. So that's just one of those things you would think they would be game planning Eckler like they normally do uh, in terms of the chargers and and making sure he gets eight to 10 targets. But yeah, that would be you know paying 8,500 and and maybe only getting like four targets. That would not be the setup that you'd be looking for uh, for Austin Eckler. Okay, two more games, um, none of which are super exciting. So we'll race through them and then we'll go to Mike's top three and then we'll do our cheat sheets and get out of here. But New Orleans plus nine and a half at San Francisco. It's a 43 point total. Again, this game is at San Francisco. I'm not a big fan of of really playing anyone here. I think the guy that jumps out at me because I'm not playing Alvin Kamara personally. And I know you've been pretty big on Alvin Kamara. So I'm curious to get your opinion there. I think Chris Olavi at 6,600 in a very likely negative game script makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, On the other side of the ball though, I I don't want to, you know, Christian McCaffrey at 8,800, knowing that Elijah Mitchell's getting a lot of work uh Debo Samuel Brandon Ayuk, I, I just or George Kittle I just don't think I want to make the determination there in a game that's probably not going to shoot out so this game is pretty much a big no for me although I am considering Chris Olave what say you
3: yeah it's mostly a no um you could play Debo if you wanted to be super contrarian make sure he's going to play dealing with an injury as well um yeah th- I, this game screams a little defense it screams clock running a lot um I I Don't think I'm going to be able to get to anything here just because I, I like you said, I think Elijah Mitchell works in a lot as well. Um, It's really difficult to isolate anyone that I want to play in this game.
2: Yeah. And I think we can, I honestly think we can move on because this is not a game that I'm going to be super interested in. Uh, Very likely I play nobody from this game. Okay. So the Rams, the final game, and this is, this is going to be an interesting one. You, You just mentioned the most popular player on the slate is likely going to be the Kansas city chiefs. Defense. Well, that makes sense because they're at home. They're a 15 and a half point favorite and the starting quarterback is out and the backup quarterback, John Wolford is likely out. And for the record, not only is the third string in, but this is a bad team already, Uh, like just straight up a bad team with a bad offensive line with bad weapons on the outside. Now that Cooper cup is going to be missing in action, likely the rest of the year. Uh, It's hard to not play the Kansas city chiefs defense in this one. Uh, It feels like a little bit of like a free square, although in tournaments, you know, feel free to get contrarian. I mean, I, you know, that's why I think Bryce Perkins, to your point earlier, Mike, Bryce Perkins is an interesting play in in a tournament because if he actually has a great game, you're like double leveraging the field, right? Because you're canceling out the Kansas City people and then, of course, you're getting the points from Bryce Perkins. But that's kind of a pie-in-the-sky type scenario. Uh, Anybody you're interested in this game outside of the defense? Uh,
3: I mean, Patrick Mahomes. I'm interested. There just, I know that the game script is ugly. Um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire on the IR, maybe Pacheco runs everything in, but the more likely scenario here is one that I think people end up being afraid to play Mahomes because of the blowout and and the non-obvious pass catcher stack. Um, And I I think that they score 35 points in this game and he might have four touchdowns in this game, right? And, And the game might be over by halftime but he might rack up 280 yards, four touchdowns. And 280 yards, four touchdowns might be enough where you're just simply playing Patrick Mahomes naked here, um, stacking up all the other value. Like some of this is where I would play him is in one of those chalk lineups where you want to play like Latavius Murray, say super chalk. You want to play a couple of those chalk players that aren't super expensive. Uh, I like Mahomes here because what is likely in this game is that Kansas city scores four touchdowns, right? Like we're, we're pretty confident that that's going to happen. Pretty good shot that even though Pacheco is there, he still gets to throw three of these in minimum, but there's a shot that they score five and he throws all five. There's also the shot where they, they jump out early, but the defense, you know, keeps this game at only a two score game most of the way. And, and he's kind of semi pushed. They have super efficient drives down the field. Um, I think the scenario for Mahomes scoring 30 fantasy points is still very real
2: here. OK, and if you were going to play Mahomes, would it just be your your standard Mahomes Kelsey stack or would you include Juju coming back at fifty seven hundred guys like Sky Moore and Justin Watson did kind of flash. But again, that was with Juju out. I'm not really interested in MVS. So anybody, if you were going to go ahead and stack this game, who, who you're interested in? Yeah, I'm going to treat Patrick Mahomes as a running quarterback, even though he may not
3: run much in this game. It's going to be Mahomes paired with the defense and that's it. Uh, I'm just banking on the scenario that they blow them out and they blow them out because the defense is good against a terrible offensive situation and Holmes still, for whatever reason,
2: gets the throwing touchdowns because that's what
3: they like to do. I love it. Uh,
2: Super contrarian move right there, at least in an orthodox move um, playing Mahomes with the Kansas city defense. Okay. We're ready, Mike. We're ready to go to your top three. We've gone over the 11 game slate. If anybody has any questions about players that maybe we left out, we're going to be on for another, you know, five, seven minutes, uh, players. Maybe we left out that you're like, Oh man, I can't believe believe it. they didn't talk about this player from this game. Go ahead and throw it in the chat. We, we sometimes forget to talk about players that are relevant. So, um, feel free to ask us any questions as far as that is concerned. But Mike, We like to give out your top three at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and defense. So let's get it started with quarterback.
3: All right, quarterback, Derek Carr, Geno Smith, Patrick Mahomes. I know it sounds weird to have Derek Carr as the top quarterback. The price point, he's 5,700 in a really competitive game, in my opinion, with an obvious concentrated stack with Devontae Adams. He's number one there. Bring back other side of the game. We're going to stack this game heavily. Geno Smith. Love Geno Smith. Love what Kenneth Walker is going to be able to do. They're also going to move the football down the field. I think Geno's going to throw the touchdowns, potentially run one in as well. Uh, Love the obvious stacks with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Patrick Mahomes, we just recently talked about. I think the Kansas City Chiefs are able to score 35 points in this game, 28 at a minimum, four touchdowns at a minimum for them. Um, And we know how much he likes to throw the touchdowns. So Give me Patrick Mahomes. Moving to the running back position, Kenneth Walker is number one, Uh, and then right now it's going to be Latavius Murray and Jeff Wilson. Love Jeff Wilson against Houston. think it's a great spot for him uh, to have some pretty big usage. Latavius Murray, same thing. Backfield is his. I think he's still going to be involved in the passing game. I think that Wilson's going to chuck him a few passes here. Um, We'll say Joe Mixon was just ruled out, so Samaji Ryan can potentially slide in at this point, but as of right now, uh, I'm leaning Walker Latavius and Jeff Wilson.
2: Yeah, and I, you know, I, I have, I have questions about if Samaje Piran ends up being super popular, I'm really not going to have a hard time fading him and, and play. I'll play Latavius chalk if, if I have to, but I think I'm going to get, especially at Tennessee, Tennessee's run defense is, is pretty great. Even if Samaje gets some, some catching work. I'd, I'd, just, I'd just rather get off of that chalk personally. So I, I'm i glad he didn't make your top three. I get it if he did, but I'm glad he didn't make your top three. Okay, wide receiver position.
3: Wide receiver, number one, Devontae Adams. Not going to surprise anyone there. My number one quarterback is Carr. Love the ridiculous 44 targets in the last three games. Uh, I believe five touchdowns in that stretch as well. Um, love him here. DeAndre Hopkins, number two, doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. He is a target monster. Now they're depleted even more at the wide receiver position. He's going to get there through sheer volume. Uh, I think it's a pretty good matchup for them individually against the Chargers. And then number three, we're going to list it as Tyler Lockett for now. I I like Tyler Lockett a ton here as a bring back on the Derek Carr stacks. Um, If Greg Dortch is playing, he becomes wide receiver three despite the $3,100 price tag. We don't know if he's going to play yet, Um, so I'm going to list Tyler Lockett as number three.
2: Um, One thing to note here, in Washington, they play Atlanta. Okay, so this isn't a big deal. Uh, Benjamin St. Just, who's who's a defensive back for the Washington uh, football team, Ah, uh, he's going to be out. He's not very good anyway. So the the backup to Benjamin St. Just is going to be coming in for him. So I would say that's great for the Atlanta passing game, but they don't have one. So I probably just wasted everybody's time with that. But like I said, Joe Mixon is officially out. We're still waiting on news of Jamar Chase in terms of whether he's definitely playing. So John, your question: Do you guys like T. Higgins this week? I think we kind of answered that when we went over the Bengals game. If you if you were around for that, but I do personally like T. Higgins. I think Mike likes T. Higgins too, but he also likes the Boyd Contrarian play. But I also think we have to wait to see what happens with uh, Jamar Chase. And I think we talked about that um, that part of the show. Um, hopefully, that kind of answers your question. I think the answer is yes. I do like T. Higgins. For me, I like him if Jamar Chase is not playing. Personally, uh, chargy sixty five. Thanks, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Now we move on. By the way, Devontae Adams. Matchup proof, right? We found that out last week. I think I might have said on the show, hey, I'm, you know, I'm not so sure Patrick Zirnitan going to see a lot of Devontae Adams. And, you know, whoops, that, that didn't seem to matter. Okay, top three at tight end, Mike. Yeah,
3: tight end, it's a little questionable here at this point in the week, but we're going to go Foster Moreau. Uh, you know he's going to be in the top three. He's playing all the snaps uh, at this point. I think he's going to be involved here. Uh, and I'm obviously stacking Derek Carr, so that one makes sense. Number two, Trey McBride. Arizona Cardinals Uh, Mm -hmm. was encouraged last week, four targets, four receptions. Uh, we know Ertz is out for the year. We've talked about Dorch may not play Hollywood Brown, potentially back. Maybe not. Uh, Rondell Moore, not going to play. Um, I I think there are some opportunities here for him. We, we know Kyler still likes to look for the tight end a little bit when he can some of it out of necessity. So give me Trey McBride. I think he's a good play here. And then right now I'm going to list Mark Andrews Out, out of all the top tight ends. He's the one I'm most likely to play. Um, Baltimore can find themselves in competitive games at times. Uh, I don't trust the Jacksonville defense, really. So if I'm paying up at tight
2: end, it will be Mark Andrews. OK, and finally, let's go to defense.
3: Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, number one, makes a ton of sense. They're mispriced at 2800 you know at home uh, against the situation here. Uh, Perkins likely starting for the Rams. Number two, though. How about the New York Jets? Uh, I like the Jets here. Team should be fired up overall, especially after some of the comments and just the overall antics after the uh, the Wilson situation. So I like the Jets. We think that they're probably not going to play Fields. Maybe Fields does play. Um, based on where the spread is now, I would say Fields is severely limited if he does play. Uh, and then the Cleveland Browns going to be my number three defense. Big contrarian play here. Um, a lot of people like the Bucs, think it's a great spot for them. Based off the weather conditions I see, I still think that the Browns are going to find minimal success, just enough success on the ground uh, to kind of shorten the number of possessions that Tampa Bay has in this game. We're talking rain, 20 to 30 mile per hour winds. Uh, I think it's a good spot to play the Browns.
2: Uh, FYI, I played. Uh, I was on a show earlier this week, and one of my plays was the Browns plus three and a half at home against the Bucks. Is that is that a number you like?
3: Uh, yes, it is. Uh, so I personally only make the bucks minus one, uh, in this particular game.
2: So, yeah. Awesome. Love it. All right. Okay. So that covers the QB running back wide receiver, tight end defense position. The only thing left to do is the cheat sheet. So I'll go real quick. Uh, my favorite stack. And by the way, this is a programming kind of, um, social media note, because it's the holiday, we probably won't be tweeting out our cheat sheet. Some of you who are in the chat, maybe you don't know that we tweeted out. If you don't, shame on you. You're not following fantasy football today. You're not following uh, me or Mike, but the point is we won't have anything to tweet out. So our cheat sheet will be on this podcast only. So listen up. My stack is Gino Smith. He's 6,000 thousand. Two DK Metcalf at 6,500 for the record. I also love Tyler Lockett. So I think those two are completely interchangeable. I believe um, Tyler Lock at six thousand. So if you want to save some money, you, you can absolutely make that switch. I think both of those are in play. My chalk play—it's not super chalky yet, as far as I could tell, Mike. But I, I think it would end up, will end up being it's Jeff Wilson at fifty nine hundred. I really like Jeff Wilson in that matchup. On um, My value play—I'm going to go back to Nico Collins at forty one hundred. I'm just kind of a Kyle Allen believer at this point, and in a negative game script, I think he could be the the, the leading target getter. And if that's the case, uh, I think he could have a, a really great game. Uh, my fade is going to be Christian McCaffrey. I just want to get away from that game. 8,800. I would I would spend that money in so many other places, even in the 8K range, rather than CMC. And my contrarian play, at least it was contrarian when I looked at ownership numbers uh, an hour ago, is Antonio Gibson at 5,400. I think there's still people who just can't really decide between Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson. And if you can't, you're just you're just not looking close enough because Antonio has been way more efficient than Brian Robinson truly this entire year. And I think they're going to start utilizing him in such a way where he's going to get more touches than Brian Robinson rest of season. That's of course, collectively through the rushing and passing game, Mike, your cheat sheet stack, Derek Carr to Devontae Adams. We've
3: talked about it a lot already on the show. Makes a lot of sense. I, I think it's a great spot for them. Chalk. We're going in that same game. Kenneth Walker, 6,900. Uh, look, I think he's going to be popular and is for good reason. Great matchup for him individually. In terms of value, I wanted to list Greg Dortch at 3100. However, we don't know if he's playing at this point, so we're going to pivot to Denzel Mims, 3100, in that quarterback change for the New York Jets against a pretty bad Chicago Bears defense at this point. My fade, also back to my same favorite game is going to be Josh Jacobs, 7700. I uh, saw a lot of rushing attempts again last week. I, I think he's going to be involved a little bit here, but I think it's ultimately going to fall on the hand of Derek Carr throwing to Devontae Adams and Foster Moreau. So I'm going to fade Josh Jacobs in this game. And then the contrarian play also in the same game, Tyler Lockett not projecting for the kind of ownership that I would like him to Uh, it's six K he's a little bit cheaper than DK. DK is definitively a better play. Um, However, Tyler Lockett can really run it up uh, in the touchdown scoring department in games like this. So give me Lockett as a contrarian play.
2: All right. And by the way, just just coming across my screen, Jamar Chase, uh, officially questionable. Uh, You know, what's interesting about him and I'll just uh, we'll close the show here. I think even if he plays, I don't know that he's getting And for the record. My 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 sneaking suspicion is he doesn't play, but that's that's like crazy speculation. I think most people think he's going to play this week. I think if he does play though, I'm not a hundred percent sure he gets a full complement of snaps, but what I am sure about is that T Higgins ownership will go down. If Jamar Chase is playing, which to me in DFS makes T Higgins an even better play. I mean, if you get Jamar Chase, maybe with a 40 or 50% route participation, because they just don't want to put him on the field hundred percent of the time. And you get the ownership crashing. Cause cause on T Higgins, cause Jamar Chase is back. I mean, Chase, not that he'd be a decoy necessarily, but I just don't think he's going to be on the field a ton. Uh, do do you, does that sound, Mike, like – like, does T. Higgins make sense as a, almost a better play if Jamar Chase is active?
3: Yes, uh, as does Tyler Boyd. It uh, just takes away – you sure. know, takes some attention. I personally think that if he does play, he's going to be limited uh, in terms of snaps. Mm-hmm. They need him to be available down the stretch of the season if they want any hope uh, of playing in the postseason. They have the most ridiculous strength of schedule remaining. Quickly, I'm going to list you the games because I'm glancing at it. I can't believe it. On the road at the Titans – In this game. Next week after that, at home against the Kansas City Chiefs. After that, home against the Browns. After that, on the road at the Bucks. After that, on the road at the Patriots. After that, home against the Bills. After that, home against the Ravens. They play the Ravens, Bills, Patriots, Bucks, Browns, Chiefs, and Titans to close the season.
2: That is, I've never heard of a stretch like that. And for the record, the one soft spot. I guess it would be the Browns, but oh, by the way, they're going to be playing with Deshaun Watson, yep. not with Jacoby Brissett. That is crazy. So like they're almost like in must winish mode. I mean, in in these in these types of games, because they're going to lose a handful of those. Wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's very good insight. Um, this is Fantasy Football Today DFS. It's a special edition. We did a, a noon edition and we got a couple of days to make our lineups. Um, Tweet at us if you have any questions or comments and definitely tweet at us when you have big time green screens on Sunday night, because we've been seeing that a lot lately and we want to see some more of it. But for now, that's Mike McClure. My name is Sienna Ajahn. This is Fantasy Football Today DFS. We will see you on Tuesday for the solo pod at five o'clock. See you then.